Welcome back to Can't Cheat the Mountain. We are a day late. Uh, for good reason, though. We were all out hunting, uh, or had, I guess, other things going on during this weekend and week prior, going out for turkey. So we did not get a chance to get together. We were in different parts of the state. So finally got together. Nick and I did a quick podcast about what we have coming up this spring, the rest of the spring, uh, as well as looking into the summer. And we do a quick recap of our second season for turkey here in Iowa. Enjoy. Okay. I think we start out, since it's sitting on the table, to talk about the trot line. The plan for this spring, catching... I mean, I've only done it once. And the one time I did it, we just did it out for overnight. Mm -hmm. And we caught... uh, Caught one cat and caught a snapping turtle. Do you do diddy pulls or do you trot? We didn't use a trot line, and we did diddy pulls also. And then I guess to explain trot line, I don't know if you you should maybe explain kind of what it is, and even a diddy pull too, Mm -hmm. just so people who are listening, yeah, know what we're talking about. So essentially, what I would consider a a diddy pull, and other people may disagree with me but it's just a, a piece of pvc like maybe six foot long maybe longer um you shear off one edge so that you can jam it into like the mud bank or dirt bank of a river mm-hmm. um and then on the other um end you drill a hole uh and tie essentially what i would call um twine to it yep. or, or that that strength of uh rope um get a hook on the other end tie it to both sides, bait it with a green sunfish is what we always used. Um, and then in the evenings, essentially, catfish will come up into shallow depths and they'll feed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll use, so for your hook, you use essentially like a, just a, I think it's a number six. I could be wrong on this because I haven't looked into it in a while, but it's a number six circle hook. Um, and they go up and they eat the green sunfish and that circle hook attaches or hooks into yep. the side of the lip and basically keeps them until you come and catch them in the morning. So when we did the diddy pulls, we ended up just using like, pretty, I mean, they were good sized branches, but just off of a tree and it was flexible enough where it, yeah. I mean, that's what we ended up using. I don't see why that wouldn't work. Yeah. Hmm. But when you, so when you're coming on the next morning, you're actually seeing that pole Mm-hmm. Flex, and that's what's telling you yep. what, if you got a fish or not. Now, did, when you would do it too, would you go check all of them just to make sure they still had bait, or you know, didn't yeah. matter? Sometimes, sometimes they'll get to they'll wear themselves out and they'll calm down, so mm-hmm. you can't necessarily see the ditty pull shaking gotcha. or bobbing. So you'll as you drive up on it, it'll begin to start fighting again. Yeah. And then, so if you're just driving past, you may not notice that there's a fish on there. Gotcha. So, yeah, we would always check them all. Um, But then, so, trot lines. The reason I like trot lines is because you can go multiple hooks, Mm -hmm. multiple depths. So, you're essentially, what I have always done is go, so that same rope or cord that I had talked about with the diddy pole. Yep. You tie it to one end Essentially, well, ideally it would be on a 
tree branch or something sturdy enough to so that it's not going to break. Mm-hmm. And then you extend it out probably 20 feet. And every four or five feet, you have an extension coming down from there that's got a hook on it. Okay. So we just use like the swivel clips. Yep. Um, and what I like there is that you get essentially four, four separate hooks on the same trot line. Yeah. And you get to fish different depths. Right. So you can see kind of where they're at, where they're hitting. So are um, you, I mean, are all four of those hooks different depths or do you just do well, a couple that are different? Well, on because the, on the far end then, at the end of 20 feet, you tie a brick onto it. Right. And then, so you extend it out, you bait all the hooks, you extend it out and then you drop it. Mm-hmm. And you just allow that brick to sink to the bottom of the river. Right. So by nature, you got your first hook that's closest to the branch. Yep. Is gonna have the most shallow bait. Yeah. Then as you go down four feet, is gonna be your next most shallow bait. Gotcha. And then as you yep. make your okay. way towards the brick, um, you get deeper. And so deeper. you're not really having lengths of your actual hook and everything that you're putting on. It's just a fact of how that river will slope down. That's yeah. where you're getting your different depths. So the audience can't see, but all of the hooks that we have around the bucket are all the same length. So what you could do if you wanted to be all at the same depth Mm -hmm. is just tie those hooks longer to reach down to the bottom. But I like to go different depths just because I have no idea how to read, you know, where they're going to be. So, so we got a couple then, a couple spots, find some bluegill, but we're going to try to end up using two different ponds. One I knew about already. And then the other was co-worker, you know, friend of a friend type deal. They kind of gave me a spot where, hey, this is a place to check out if you want to catch a bunch of bluegill. So, I don't know. We're going to start that up in another week or two, maybe. Yeah. Starting to get to the point where it's going to be. So, I, I talked to my friend two weeks ago. I, I had anticipated early April was going to be ideal, but he said late April, early May. Mm-hmm. is when you're going to get the most activity. Um, and I looked back at some of the our most successful times, and it was early May when we started hitting them. Yeah. Um, it's just a... What's the biggest you've caught, then? So the very first year that I started going with my buddy was a 62-pound flathead. It's a hell of a fish. Yeah. <laughs> and from that point a- forward, I was kind of like, this is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Keep catching these. Yeah, so actually I had, the reason why I was able to go check in trot lines with him was because it was it was my sophomore year of high school. I had just uh, gotten uh, shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. first major surgery of my life. Um, I was out of the sport that I was in at the time, so I had, I had more than enough time to do whatever I want for right. like leisurely. Um, so we would go out every morning checking trot lines. Um, and my job was to essentially catch the line and mm-hmm. then pull it up. Okay. Um, and like, so the first few mornings I was pulling up like 10, 12, 14 pound catfish, which yeah. were to me were big. Right. Cause I had never been like, I'm used to catching four five, six pound catfish. That was big to me. Right. Um, when we started pulling this up, I was like, holy smokes, this is There's awesome. Yeah. This is awesome. Um, and then like the third or fourth morning we went out, it was the two of us. And 
sometimes you'll get a situation where depending on where you drop the brick, it'll hit like a log and okay. then the current will wrap it around that log. Yep. And then you got a snag. You can't, you can't do anything. Right. Well, I had a bum shoulder. Mm-hmm. So I'm pulling it up. And at this point, I'm like used to what a snag feels like. Right. And I start pulling and I can't get it anymore. So you're thinking. Yeah. Snag. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, hey, buddy, um, I need you to help me here. We, I don't know what to do. <laughs> right. Snag. Uh, he grabs it, both arms, pulls, feels it tug. And he's like, that's a fish. That's a fish. Uh, and so as he pulls up, the only thing I really remember about like the like pulling the fish back up was me not believing him. And then as his mouth came up out of the water, yeah. And this is this is, I would say, um, a little bit dramatic, but <laughs> I just remember the water like going into his yeah. mouth, kind of like a, a dead uh, dead hole, you know. Yep. Um, and then as we pulled it up, yeah, it was uh, it was the largest fish I had ever seen in my life come out of a river. The funny part was, so we were in Iowa City, and um, most of the folks may not be familiar with Iowa City, but it the river goes right through campus, mm-hmm. and so the particular bridge that we were under was a bridge where people had to walk across to get from dorm to campus. Yep. Um, and there was just, it was like 7.30, so it was the early morning class. And I just remember students walking by like, holy Can't believe smokes. how big this That thing is yeah. actually in that water. You probably got somebody still telling, you won't believe. I was walking to class one day, and I saw these two kids out in the river, and they were pulling up this giant fish. Like, he's still probably telling <laughs> that story to somebody. Yeah, so that was, uh, since then, it's, it's always been enjoyable. Um, it's uh, so. What's that show um, where they filmed people gator hunting? Mm, like swamp people. I swamp think? people. Yeah. It's always been like my version of swamp people. Yeah. <laughs> you get your tree shakers, and so. But no, we're looking forward to it, and it's the time of year to do it. And to my knowledge, I don't know of a ton of people that do it up in this area. I don't know of anybody. I didn't, you know, I was introduced to it years back now and we just did it the one weekend and it was, a, it was kind of a similar situation where you're saying like, you're pull, like not knowing you're pulling on that line. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, there's a, must be a big fish in here. You know, yeah. I'm pulling it up, pulling up this, we caught this snapper mm-hmm. and it had happened was the hook actually got onto its shell. And so it was like, it was barely onto its shell, but it was holding on to it. And we could not, like, we didn't bring anything with us. So we have, like, a stick trying to, like, dislodge the hook off of its shell. And this, I mean, it was a big, big turtle. I don't I kind of wish snappers. I kind of wish we would have saved it and tried to yeah. cook it up or something just to try it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, when you have a stick and a giant turtle and you're trying to get the hook off it, not a very... So one catfish and one turtle, huh? Yep, that's all we got. So... Hmm. I was on the North Skunk over by Pella, New Sharon, over mm-hmm. that area. You remember what time of year you did it? It was in the summer. It was like, yeah, cause it was warm a, out. I mean, it was. Yeah, according to my buddy, so there's two. You can hit it, so in May, early yeah. May, late April, and then there's a portion in the summer, too, where they start to fire back up. Really? That's It's really their activity kind of 
increases, I yeah. guess. Well, we'll have to try it then, too. Yeah. Hopefully, our, these ponds, these lakes, or whatever they produce, the bluegill that... I know the one I had caught a bunch in there before. Probably mm-hmm. perfect size, you know, yep. smaller. Be easier for them catfish to go after, but I don't know about that other one yet. I haven't checked it out, so... And to touch on what you're referring to a little bit is... So, every single hook that we have has to have a, a, a live fish on it. So... You, you put it through the meaty part of their back mm-hmm. and they swim all evening. They don't, you're, right. you're not killing the bait fish, which is what, which is what you need for flathead. Yeah. And that's what the flathead is going to get the, like the big ones that yep. we're going to catch. Um, so the most problematic part of this whole thing is finding the bait fish every, right. every day. So you need to have a, a good, uh, bait pond. So that you can make sure you're catching the however many hooks you have out in the water. Right. So. Yeah, hopefully that produces. And I actually, I think, if I remember right, when we did it, we didn't go through the back. We actually, like, basically fished that hook through their mouth, through their gills. Really? And then kind of pulled it back. So that hook was through the gills, I mean... Facing back out towards yeah. it. So that hook basically went in through their mouth, through the gills. And that was, I think, I'm almost positive that's how we ended up hooking them. Do you know, was the was the bait fish still alive? Yeah. It was? Yep. Okay. Because we actually had caught them that morning and then went out. We were caught them in Iowa City. So if you know the, I'm going to give away a pond, but. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Save the pond for when you go back down. <laughs> well, there's pro- it's probably the same pond. That we caught them in. By the hospital? Close. Oh, maybe not. We're not. We're probably okay. not talking. But we don't need We don't need to. Maybe it's somebody to. else's spot. Yeah. But, so we caught them that morning, and then we went out. Like, we drove over to the new Sharon Pella area. How'd you keep them alive? Just an aerator? Yeah. We actually just kept them in a back of his truck in a bucket. and Really? That's all we did. I mean, it was a... Two hours, maybe, that right. we had them. And then as soon as we got there, we went out and set everything. Put the trot line out, a couple ditty pulls, and that's how we did it. But Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's coming up. I'm pretty excited for it. Like I said, I've only done it the one time. So, for us to get back into it and doing it. And you already have everything that we need for the setup, at least. So we just Yeah, if we do get a boat, which I don't know if we have access to a boat or not. Maybe. Maybe. Working on that. Then we can really get... Uh, uh, excited with the trot lines because then you we have the ability to basically float out, drop it. Yeah. But if we can't, then you you still have the ability to um do the the ditty poles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after well that's coming up, but we're right, right in the middle of now is well we just ended we both hunted second season turkey which neither of us were successful in the aspect of we didn't get a bird. Yeah. Now you went back home and you did most of your hunting. Did you hunt about every day during second season? It's only about a week. I didn't hunt every day. So I I took Friday off of last week. I hunted Friday, (laughs) Saturday, Sunday. Came home Sunday evening after the hunt. Um unfortunately the first usually we hunt 
The first day we will hunt south of Iowa City, which is where we deer hunt. And there's usually two or three toms in that general area. We're yep. right on the river, so sometimes they'll they'll be across the river and don't come in. This year, just nothing. We just didn't hear anything. Um, didn't see anything either. Not, not even saw, hens. Or... We saw hens. Just we heard one or two gobbles and. Um, we heard one or two gobbles and they were a long ways away Mm -hmm. a long ways away so it was just not even like you kind of know when you hear one and what you have the like what land you have the ability to hunt if it's a possibility or not right never felt like it was a possibility doable that these were coming in yeah you know um but we do have a spot in north liberty as well so north of iowa city um and there was a whole lot more birds there. We unfortunately didn't hunt that until we didn't hunt that until Sunday morning, mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. And that particular morning, I I saw five separate or four separate toms. Okay. Um, unfortunately, just couldn't uh, couldn't make it happen. Were you set up? You had seen them all, or were you moving as you were? No. Nope. Did you hear a call and then, or you hear them gobble and then go after them? Or yep. So what we did was, I, it was my myself, my wife, and my dad, and um, essentially we we know approximately where they roost. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did is there's there's a, a valley or two hills in a valley. Where we walk in, we're on top of the one hill. We yep. can basically hear across the valley. On top of that secondary hill is where they roost. Yeah. So what we did on Sunday morning was we walked, we got them to respond to a crow call. Mm-hmm. We walked down into the valley. The my my wife and dad kind of stayed down, okay. low. And then I walked all the way around. It would have been probably about a mm, quarter mile to a half mile walk. And I got back on top of the north side. So they were they stayed south. Yep. I, I looped around up on top to the north side. And there's a field in between where the two of us were sitting. Yeah. We heard them gobbling all morning. I saw... Four of them come out of the roost. Three Jakes, one Tom. I had, I had, we didn't anticipate splitting up. So my yeah. dad gave me one hen decoy. I put the hen decoy out. Yep. Well, the three Jakes saw the hen decoy and they came in. Yep. The one Tom walked down about the same path that I took up. Mm-hmm did not care about the hang decoy at all. I think had I had a Jake decoy, potentially it would have been more interesting to him just because it would have been a foreign Jake he wasn't aware of. Right. But he just was not, did not care at all. Um, so could have shot three Jakes there, no problems. Right. Held off. So we sat until about 8.30. Um, we ended up looping back around to find each other on a, uh, another... Um, up top on the uh, a third uh, ag field, mm-hmm. um, sat there for probably I don't know ten fifteen minutes. 
um, walked to another location, had a setup. We're on a knob. Okay. Um, my dad is on t- directly on top of the knob. We feel like we're on top of the knob, but as you sat down, you could tell that we're kind of on the face of one side, mm-hmm. on the south side. Well, my dad and I do a series of calls. We're clucking, we're purring, we're cutting, we're trying to get the attention of whatever. Right. Nothing is gobbling. Nothing. Well... In the course of probably 20 minutes, all of a sudden we hear a bird just take off. Yeah. Well, on the it came up silent on the other side of a knob, came up in the draw. Yep. It came exactly to where we were calling, popped its head over, saw us calling, bolted. Yep. Shoot, right? Right. Everybody's like, dang it, we got to be ready. <laughs> we don't switch our setup. We keep clucking. We keep calling periodically. Um, probably 20 minutes later, we, we start to hear crunching in the leaves coming from the other side. Yep. So our side of the, the quote-unquote knob. Abby looks down. She sees this red and blue head coming in. Peeks its head up over the knob. Checks us out. Peace. Doesn't like it. Doesn't like it. So second bird in about an hour comes in silent. So right. there's there's three gobblers yep. that we've seen. Um, at that point, it's like bad juju. The setup's not working. Right, something's wrong. The setup's not working. So we go back down and around to where we, we initially met up after our first set. Um, we sat there for a while, do some calling, nothing. Um, decide, hey, it's about 11.45. We're going to go back, get some lunch. Yep. So we cross back down into the valley where I first talked about up the hill, um, and it's ridgy. Yeah. So we pop up over, and I literally see the outline of a fan. Mm-hmm. So we, this whole property is just full of ridges and knobs. Yeah. Um, he's the, the gobbler is probably 100 yards away from the truck. Okay. Yep. <laughs> So we pop down over the one knob. We try to get as close as we possibly can, um, and then we've got—I've got a fan with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I pop up over the knob. I try to do the fan thing that you see on the internet all the time, yep. where they see the fan and they hate you and they come in and you just shoot them. Well, I start crawling towards them. Two hens look at me. The tom looks at me for all of about fifteen seconds. It looks like he's interested in coming in at me. Yeah. Uh, at the 15 second mark, he rounds up his hens and just heads right down the hill. Just out of here. Yep. So doesn't run away. Just like not interested in yep. fighting. These are my hens. I don't necessarily need to come at you. Yep. Um, yeah. So and it was just kind of a weird second season. Just not a lot of gobbles. It was colder than I remember. Mm-hmm. Um. And they just weren't all that responsive. I mean, they came in, the two came in silent, but um, just not a lot of uh, birds weren't just all that vocal. See, I found that to be, so I've, this is my like third time going out to turkey hunt. Mm -hmm. So I'm still real green in it, learning everything like that. So I find some public ground around here and first morning, well, I went out Friday evening didn't hear nothing, didn't see nothing. No, I take that back. I got into a spot. I heard, I threw out a crow call, 
and you know a shot gobble got one to go mm-hmm. so i'm like all right i'm gonna start huffing it over there how far Get, would you say it was he away? was a ways away he was probably i'd say probably an easy 100 yards you know uh it wasn't so far away that i, I mean i could hear him pretty clearly but it wasn't so far away it's like okay and also i wasn't doing it i mean that was I just had nothing else to do, so mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to go after him. Well, I think there was another hunter in there, because as soon as I, I kind of, I crow called like just a handful of times, and then all of a sudden my crow call was getting responded to by another crow call. So my thought was maybe there's another guy in here, because I mean, each time, I, unless I was calling in some crows, like actual crows, and I don't think I was, because I'm not very good at the crow call. Mm-hmm. Every time I'd call, he'd call back. And I got in, got the gobble going, and we uh, basically I got to the point where I could not hear him anymore. He kind of shut up, and that was kind of the end of that night. I pretty sure that he ended up roosting, and so I kind of let it be. The next thing I ended up doing was Saturday morning I went out with Matt and him and I go out kind of still I went on the other side because I thought this public land is separated by the river so I thought maybe that gobbler was you know he was on the other side of the river Mm -hmm. so I just wasn't going to get to him at all so we go on the other side of this public get up to the point and didn't even do a shot you know shot call or nothing just they just started firing off and it's like, oh, there's one over here. And then they more and more. And then they were just, there was probably easy five or six down in there. Really? It's like, all right, well, let's kind of work our way down in and get as close as we can. Did you say you were with Matt? That morning, Saturday okay. morning. So we got in, you know, kept kind of creeping forward and forward. There were some on the other side of the river, like where I was the night before. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely some on our side. So we kept going forward. Call a little bit. You know, we had we finally found a spot where we're like, okay, we're pretty close. Let's put out a couple decoys, start yeah. calling a little bit, do that, get some to respond, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden we hear, kaboom, you know, somebody, another hunter, mm-hmm. fires a shot. Okay, well, let's wait here for a little while. We probably wait an hour or so. And the next time we heard a gobble, I mean, it was forever away. Mm-hmm. So we're like, all right, well, let's kind of, let's work that way at least. And then maybe we can find you know, where he's at. Never end up finding him. Found this, a good field. Just like, this could be, you know, a good spot to be tonight. So I went back out that night. Didn't see a single thing. Didn't hear a single gobble. Nothing. Sunday, go back to where we were that Sunday, or Saturday morning. I'm in, you know, this basically, it's where they're roosting. Mm-hmm. So I worked up further and I had one, they were all firing off again. And then I had this hen in there. And my first thought was, okay, it's probably a hunter. Because it's like, we're just calling back at each other. Yeah. This hen and I. Like, it's probably another hunter, just my luck. I just don't know, you know, kind of what I'm doing. So I'm going, I'm going. She's, every time, like, I'm cutting her off, everything. I was like, it's probably nothing. Well, lo and behold, here comes this hen. She flies in. And she's kind of checking the area out, you know. Did you see her fly I, down from the roost? She... I don't think she was in the roost when she... Because this was a little bit late. The sun had already been up for a little while. Mm-hmm. She just kind of 
flew up and over like in the it's kind of hard to explain from what i saw she didn't fly very high kind of like over a bunch of logs mm -hmm. and then right back down so she was hanging out for a while didn't spook her or nothing but and she just kind of takes off and those gobbles they just kind of kept getting further and further away mm -hmm. so i start chasing those you know i was like well there's nothing here you know i waited another hour or so nothing here okay i start going down that way towards where that I found that field walking this I'm up on like a on a bluff more or less and the river you know it drops down quite a bit down to the river while I'm walking I'm kind of looking as I'm going not seeing anything all of a sudden I look down to my right and phew, turkey flies over the river it's like oh shit mm -hmm. like that's you know this is where they're coming do you think do you think you spooked the turkey? I think so, but even if I hadn't spooked them, I honestly probably would not have seen them because they were so far down mm -hmm. and tucked into everything. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have been able to make a play on them anyway because yeah. I probably would have never even saw them. Mm -hmm. So one goes over. I'm like, well, crap. There's that, you know, there's my turkey, you know. Then another four or five go flying over. It's like, all right, now they're, def they're definitely not here. Mm-hmm. So that's more public on that side, which is even harder to access. It's a long, long walk if you want to get over that side. So I'm like, I'm not going to mess with it. I'm going to go check out this other spot here quick. And then I'm going to kind of round out the morning. Mm -hmm. Walking that way, run into some guys out mushroom hunting. He's like, oh, I didn't realize you were turkey hunting. I would have stayed away. I was like, no problem. Like, I already, you know, they're gone. It's, yeah. it's not going to, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> As we're talking, just here big old blast so it's like i must you know shotgun goes off i'm like well i just scared all them turkeys of that guy i hope he's happy so go back out sunday evening get even further into where i think they're roosting mm -hmm. and didn't see nothing didn't hear nothing um didn't go out monday but tuesday night went out right after work 10 minutes left of light and here i don't then nothing made a sound like it, if it wasn't in the morning like mm -hmm. i didn't hear another sound all day and on any of the days i hunted i hear some like leaves crunching i'm mm -hmm. like okay well then maybe that's a turkey i don't know i'm not gonna move because it was off to my left but there's been a bunch of deer that have been in there already mm -hmm. and they were it's kind of funny to watch them because they were like it was, they were young. They were probably fawns last year. Mm -hmm. And they were just like stamping their hooves like at my decoys. Yeah. Trying to figure out what's going on. It'd run off and they'd come running back. And So I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's a deer. You know, I know there's something over there. So I'm, I'm just facing straight south. And off to my left, I see just out of the corner of my eye. I don't even move my head. I just see this big brown spot. It's like, okay, well, that's a turkey. You know, basically caught me my pants down. I, I'm not, I don't have my gun up. I'm not ready. So I see him kind of walking towards the south, gets behind a tree. I get myself up and ready to go to shoot. And I got to my left, I got one hen. And then on my right, I got a Jake and a hen. So he comes walking around and it was a, ended up being a Jake. I mean, just a super short beard on him. He's walking around me and I'm like, okay, when he gets into this clearing, like that's going to be my best shot, most mm -hmm. open shot. So he's finally makes it over and i'm like gosh he just looks too far like he's a ways out there so i didn't shoot then thinking maybe he's gonna come keep working and come off to the right 
yeah. check out that Jake and that hen. He comes over to the right, and then he just keeps going south, and he just starts walking off. And I'm just like, in my head, you know, not ever, you know, never killed a turkey in my third year going out. It's mm-hmm. like, I should have shot, I should have shot. Well, I walked it off. It was like 55 yards. That's a long shot. That's a very, yeah. We were shooting at 50 yards. Mm-hmm. And I think like it was like six, five beads. or six beads yeah. in the head. And I'm, even five yards further than that, it's even going to expand for like your patterns. Oh, just expand even open further. up. Yeah. yeah. So it's like glad I didn't, t- you know, hindsight, you know, glad I didn't take the shot. Yeah. You know, it was cool to have him come in. Then, you know, I thought about it too. It was like, What's the price of admission? You know, you're spending twenty eight fifty, I think it is, on the turkey tag. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all the deer I saw, all the I saw a bunch of mallards, wood ducks, um, the two turkeys I actually saw, and, and the, all the gobbles yeah. interacting. You know, I, that's like the that's worth the price have of you, admission to me. Have you um, deer hunted that area? Mm-mm. Yeah, not. Was no. that kind of the first time that you had explored? That a area. little bit. I did a little duck hunting out there last year, but mm-hmm. it was always like right after work. So basically, it was like, okay, may, there's been ducks on this pond. Yep. You get one shot at it. You got to basically sneak up on them, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's the most I had ever done out yeah. there. In some cases, turkey hunting just gives you the reason to go explore. And especially if you hear a, a gobbler off in the distance, and it's like, I'm going to go figure out what's over there and yep. maybe you find a good place to hang a tree stand in the fall well yeah that and but going each of those days in this new area that field that i had found and sat in the afternoon it'd probably been a great spot for the morning because mm-hmm. they're all gobbling off to the east and you know where i spooked them all across the river well that's just west of that field that i had found mm-hmm. so they're starting over here working their way west to looks like a field you know across the river and you know this guy's this farmer's field so they're probably walking through the one i found on public to get over to that area so it's you know looking back it's like well i you know knowing what i know now go sit that in the morning and not in the afternoon yeah and you probably got a pretty good chance yeah the one thing too for you in that specific area as long as you're not scaring turkeys out of there uh like if you hear um gobblers come down mm-hmm. and you know approximately where they're at this time of year uh there, there's so many hens that are not like bred so many hens that yeah. don't have are not nested quite yet so what they'll do is they'll have they'll have so many hens at their disposal where they don't need to come and check out what you are right clucking but what they'll do is 10 11 12 1 o'clock in the afternoon They'll come back mm-hmm. to where that turkey you were calling, and they'll check to see if you're still there, and they'll start strutting, trying to find you. Yeah. So I've found, and I hated this as a kid. I hated staying out there late. I one of the most enjoyable things is they you hear them gobble right yep. away in the morning. You almost hear them fly down from the roost. They respond to your calls. They come into your decoys, and you kill them. Right. And they're done by seven thirty in the morning. Yeah. But what I've found. Is that some of the most successful hunts I've had is those afternoons where mm-hmm. you've waited them out, they got done with their hens, yep. and then they come back to Try check to you out. That. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's when the 
I'd get out, you know, I'd go home, kind of do the same thing, have a lunch quick, and then I'd go straight back out. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't doing much else except for focusing on, because it's short as, I mean, season opened on a Friday, closed yeah. on a Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, it's you don't have that much time, so if you're going to do it, you better be out there. Yeah. But I will say one of the most frustrating things about that public land were the geese. Just honking at Just you. because, well, when I swear that first note that they make... It sounds it's like the initial initial of a gobble, gobble. yes, or, every time. And it's like you hear it, and it's like you got the river right there, so it kind of like echoes yeah. through, and they're a ways away, and you hear yeah. that first little bit of their honk, and it's just like, oh, there's one firing off, and mm-hmm. then they just start honking after. It's like, okay, just more geese. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was a little frustrating. Hmm. Well, is uh, you learned a lot about the new area. It was, yeah, it learned a lot about it. And honestly, just as a an overall experience for this second season, like I said, being a new turkey hunter, mm-hmm. I felt like I learned a bunch, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of what they're doing when they're coming out and where they're going and trying to pattern them a little bit on that public land. But mm-hmm. it just felt like I was able to take away, even though I didn't get a bird, you know, I, I took away quite a bit from yeah. that hunt. But... Have to see what we can do for fourth season. Yep. I know Connor's up north right now. He's going to go third season, so it'll be interested to hear what kind of action he gets into. I think, well, he's going with his dad, and his dad's figured the turkey hunting thing out. Slayer. Like, he knows, yeah, he knows what he's doing. So, <laughs> I'd be pretty surprised if they don't they don't put one down, but it'll be good. Yeah, fourth season, luckily, is like a month long. Three weekends, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of interesting. I don't know if it's just too, like each season butts up to the last season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's a way that the DNR, it'd be an interesting question to ask a, an officer, but do they do that to sell more tags? Do they do that to kind of maybe spread out, you know, the hunters that are going to be going, you know, so not everybody's in the woods, mm-hmm. you know, because you... At, if all the seasons line up to, you know, back end each other, why wouldn't you just say, hey, you can buy two tags in the spring. You can go from, what is it, beginning of April till mid-May. Mm-hmm. Have at it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I don't know what their reasoning is there. I'm sure there's phases of, um, phases of uh, breeding that. Yeah. And then there's, an, I mean, the other thing, too, is... I've always felt like first season, like your diehard turkey hunters are out there because it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Right. Like if you're going first season, you you you're care. taking time off. Yeah, you're... you care about turkey hunting a lot. Right. Um, and then you get second season goes from Friday to Tuesday. Yep. That's we've always gone. We've always gone either second and fourth or third and fourth just because there's weekends in there. Right. Call us the weekend warriors. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, I would be interested to hear why they're why uh there's space like that yeah huh interesting question for an officer yeah hopefully we'll get one on here eventually but another thing i've been listening to some meat eater and that clay newcomb's that bear grease podcast and i've not listened to bear grease yet it's not bad but they've been having a bunch of turkey you know time of the year they've been having a bunch of turkey people on there yeah i can't remember the guy's name but it's I think his last name is Pittman, but have you tried 
doing any like your crow call or owl call or anything like that just with no actual call just using your own voice and trying to do those calls you know the crow and the owl to do like a shot gobble mm -hmm. or a shot you know answer or whatever you want to call it but i have not but i've heard people that can that can nail crow and owl calls yeah. just absolutely it's, nail it yeah I, I was listening to the podcast today i was driving around work by myself and uh i was trying to do the owl and i'm just like that is not for me <laughs> that is not, that is i mean maybe some more practice but it was not good yeah <laughs> the hunting public guys can they'll hit They'll hit a owl hoot they're real good at, and then um, they hit a really good coyote yelp. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. They, they bark and then work into the howl. Yeah. They're really good at it. I suppose that's all it is. I mean, you just got to keep working at it, yeah. practice it. But then one of the, that Pittman guy, he's like, some people just have it, and some people don't at all. Really? Like, you might you can practice all you want, and you're just not going to get it. It just oh. is not there. But maybe that's something to work on for something to work next on for turkey. Fourth yeah, fourth season or next year maybe. <laughs> start my uh, start practicing my alcohol. Yeah, but I don't know. I think we wrap this one up and hopefully fourth season comes along and yeah, be able to knock down a couple birds. Next time we can see how the uh, adventures of trot lines and ditty poles go. How Connor yep. did on the third season hunt and. Yeah, another couple of weeks we'll probably be in, just getting into four season, and yep. yeah, we'll we'll have some stuff out in the in the field, so it'll be good. Till next time, see ya. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode. I know Nick and I are pretty excited to get out and put the trot lines out and see if we can't catch a few big cats. And Looking forward to fourth season shotgun for turkey here. Um, won't be that too far away, and hopefully we find a little success. Thanks for listening. <laughs>